Hey everybody, welcome to the Calf Podcast. Oh, is this the intro? <laughs> You've done it so many times. It is the it is intro the now. Intro. Welcome, welcome to the show. To the show. <laughs> this is uh, we are professionals. I hope you had episodes a in or whatever. lovely Valentine's Day. Valentine's times for the Valentine. Why is that a thing? Every child. I don't know. Every. So child. we're gonna make this quick because the background music's yeah. playing. Currently, so we're gonna talk really quick about what what we're drinking right now. Uh, uh, we I made a cocktail for Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> uh, Jen and I are drinking. Uh, Make it quick. It's a lemonade, pink Quicker. lemonade. Uh, Music. Moonshine. Moonshine, essentially uh, mixed with ginger beer, lime, and uh, hot honey. It's good. It was pretty tasty. Um, I've had this stuff. It's MV Rolling. This is called MB Rolling. Uh, it's a. It's from a place that I passed on tour. That is a hole in the oh, wall. That it, oh, did you go on tour? It made me. Oh. It was. A oh, little, you went on tour, Jesse. It was, just said to be quick. It and was, now you're giving him shit. It was a uh, a hole in the wall that I've made cocktails now that I actually like with this. Oh yeah, we've held on to it for two Prairie years. Street I, I did not go on tour. I did not go on tour. <laughs> yeah. like he dinner. went on tour to the brew house. Down to the, the brew house. Drink a pressure. <laughs> just be jealous of my anyway, life. Anyway, uh, we have a uh, really good episode up for you guys. We have Brandy Harris back on. Yeah. We did an episode with her back in November, but today we are talking more specifically about marriage and relationships and counseling and the stigma around counseling, especially within the church. And it's really good. So I think that's all we have to say, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sit, right, back, sit back, relax. relax. <laughs> grab and, a cocktail. Uh, grab a drink. And your spouse. Oh, oh, grab sweet. it. Grab or not. that. Maybe grab that spouse. with consent. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. Gently grab your spouse. 2023. Here we right, go. Here we go. Hey there, parents. Hello. Are you dreading the birds and the bees talk with your kids? Yes. Well, we don't blame you if you are. That's why we're thrilled to introduce the Sex Ed for Parents curriculum by Brandy K. Harris. This course is designed to equip you with the accurate and shame-free information you need to support your kids in developing healthy sexuality and connections. No more awkward conversations or embarrassing Google searches. Yeah, my uh, first daughter did not appreciate that at all. So what are you waiting for? Use the link in the show notes and enter code ChristianAF23 for 10% off your purchase. Your kids will thank you. Someday. Eventually. Maybe. It's definitely better than Google. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Christian AF podcast. We're here with our friend Brandy Welcome Harris, Brad. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Hello. This uh, you may she, remember she's her. She's like from... the uh, Christian AF version of Doctor Drew at this point. <laughs> <laughs> she's ours. I like that. But a little, a little, a little, little less bit. like yelly, maybe. Yeah. Does he yell? I don't really no, know. He doesn't. He it's just Dr. talks Phil. about how he has sex with his wife all the time. Oh. Doctor Drew. Oh. Doctor Drew. Is that his stick? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Drew. His, I for Dr. sure Phil. was thinking of Dr. Phil. No, Dr. Drew is like the <laughs> tall, attractive, like 65-year-old guy. Oh, he almost okay. ran for yeah, president. like a or silver fox. He ran for president? I think, no, he was he was trying to get in the... <laughs> in the. Uh... Oh, no, he was trying to run for governor somewhere. No, that's Dr. Oz. Uh, oh. So many doctors. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dr. Drew... I'm not a doctor, just to be clear. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't fall in that category at all. All right, all right, all right. No, Dr. Drew was like the late night like. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see him. I see him now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He hosted yeah, like I Teen would... Mom yeah. after shows. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you like you like listen to the radio. My kids still do this. They like find a way to listen to the radio after we go to bed, mm-hmm. and they're like up all night listening to Doctor Drew. Probably. So. Oh yeah, I used to do that all the time when I was a kid because that was all that was. Doctor Drew radio. and Delilah after dark. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, Delilah. Okay, for the longest time, I thought she was like local to us. I still thought I so. had no idea everybody else knew the joys of Delilah. I thought that was just like an us thing. I had no Rockford idea. specific that in the Christian guy mm-hmm. who writes like uh uh like uh, oh crap he writes like instrumental music uh you know what I'm talking about do I, I don't know he had a Dino? radio show for a long time oh not the pianist <laughs> Dino okay no it doesn't Sorry. matter <laughs> that derailed quickly anyway <laughs> John Tesh John Tesh yeah oh John yeah. Tesh John yeah. Tesh yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah. That's what I, I didn't think of. I would know. Yeah, he I writes never... like instrumental, like cinematic type music. Oh, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> Brandy, if you ha- didn't listen to the episode, we have an episode with her called 
Oh, I just read it. Healthy Sex Expectations. Yes. Um, based around her uh, workbook, uh, The Truth About Holy Sex. Did I say that right? Truth About Holy Sex? Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. you check that one out. That was from back in November, if you scroll back a few episodes. Um, but today we are talking more about marriage and relationships, especially within like the views and confines of the church. Coming off the high heels of Valentine's Day. Yes. Valentine's. Hope your Valentine's, Valentine's Day was as disappointing as it always is. <laughs> For you, maybe, Jen. I, even yeah. when I've been in relationships, it's like, who cares? Jen's like, I'm taking myself out to No, social. I'm for sure yeah. not <laughs> spending money. Galentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. Galentine's Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want a Galentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, so we're talking a little bit about relationships. Yeah, and marriage. 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 Um, so, Brandy, <laughs> why is marriage hard? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one answer, one word. No, one word. men. <laughs> no, a... I was, I was gonna say humans, there you go. Right. which is close to man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, but in reality, like, uh, do you think there is um, something in our culture that doesn't prepare us for the difficulty of marriage? Oh, for sure. I mean. Most of us don't really know how to commit to anything longer than four seconds, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like we scroll so quickly. Um, when I first started writing my blog, I I really just decided that it had to be readable in two minutes or less yeah. because people don't read things longer than two minutes, mm-hmm. which is so sad because there's some phenomenal stuff out there written so much longer than two minutes. Yeah. Um, but I do think that's part of it is that we just have very short attention spans and we are we are quick high kind of people mm-hmm. these days. We don't know how to go slow. We don't know how to stick with anything. Um, and I would also say we're pretty hedonistic. You know, yeah. we, we want what we want and it needs to be easy yeah. and feel good. Mm-hmm. And marriage definitely isn't that all the time. Yeah. So I think, I think it well, yeah. and now online dating is so popular, which is also mm-hmm. very uh, short attention. Jen's span. an expert. No, I'm not. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> but the but it's the same concept of like doom scrolling on TikTok. Like you're just yeah. swiping away based what on doom yeah. scroll when you just, just can't get scroll out of it for hours and you can't rolling. stop. Yeah, I've never just been there. I'm gonna you, scroll yeah. for till I get one more well, good YouTube, video. I guess YouTube. Yeah, it's, right. yeah. it's like your game you were playing the other a minute ago. Oh, the little yeah. Uh, you just goblin game. Yeah, I play yeah. goblin. I play a game with goblins where they just break up rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't stop oh. playing it. It takes like <laughs> it's, it's, it takes them like hours to break up one rock, and I'm like, are they doing yeah. it? Or are they still working? It's like yeah. Furbies. It's like that, but TikTok yeah. and other things. But yeah. the point of this was <laughs> like with online dating. Like, I mean, it's the same idea of like we can't even commit to like two minutes to read someone's profile right. about themselves, let alone like work on a marriage. <laughs> Right. Like you don't prepare. I think if that's the way people are meeting each other, which is how most people do these days, that doesn't really set you up for that level of commitment very easily. Yeah. Like you're already stuck in your phone too when you meet them. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we also have like a lot of examples from a couple generations up of marriages that lasted, but they were miserable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's, there's kind of, two really important parts of marriage, which are the the commitment side of things are sticking through it and continuing to work and reconcile through difficulty. But there's also like learning how to really value and enjoy each other over a long period of time, which is yeah. a whole nother level of, <laughs> of enjoyment that most of us don't have modeled for us. So yeah. I think that makes it hard too. Yeah. There's this great, I don't know if you've ever seen Fiddler on the Roof. But uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Like when I was like eight. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a great where Tevi and Golda. Tevi is the main character. Golda's his wife, mm-hmm. and they were obviously a, a, a match made marriage. Uh-huh. And he asks her, "Do you love me?" And she gives all these reasons. But at the end, they realize at the end of the song, they realize like you know what? Actually, I have grown to enjoy this, even mm-hmm. though like of course I didn't love you when we married. Like mm-hmm. we we met we met at the altar. But yeah. over time, yeah, of course, I've learned the process of love and what love takes and the sacrifice of it and yeah. the enjoyment of it. It's not just like, oh, I wash your clothes, I cook your meal. Like That was like kind of how it began. Yeah. But at the end, it was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I actually enjoy it. This is actually yeah. the uh, fulfilling part uh, and yeah. most significant part of my life. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing each other and being known yeah. in an enjoyable way, like a way that where you really cherish each other and yeah. see each other as treasured rather than a ball and chain yeah. or yeah. Um, just someone to take care of that you have to take care of like yeah. a child. Oh yeah. 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 So do you, do you have any um, insight? Like uh, you counsel people actively and uh, is there mm-hmm. any overarching themes that you see most marriages are struggling with most of the time? You could say like, you know, 80% of the time it it's kind of this one why thing are jesse that, and I, well i guess we're the only ones married but yeah. we're both guys we're like tell us why tell our us. wives hate us yeah, no. <laughs> i could probably tell you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, we'll just let jenny yeah. <laughs> your wife's um, both texting yeah yeah she gave the specifics <laughs> oh man general general struggles i mean the, the two i see most commonly are just an inability to see and understand each other like they just suck at communicating um really don't know how to a lot of people honestly individually don't even know what they're feeling and therefore they can't express how they're feeling and what they want and what they need but then even if you have figured out what you personally need um some people just don't know how to say it you don't know how to get it across and there's so often this assumption that your spouse knows what you need and just won't give it mm-hmm. or that your spouse thinks and feels the same way you do and they're just not treating you kindly. And in reality, it's it's just a miss. Like we don't really get each other and we yeah. haven't done enough to say, well, this is how I see it. And I, I perceived and feel these things from that experience and they're really different from what you perceived and felt. Um, we struggle to just be graceful with one another and believe, <laughs> believe that we're actually different and then communicate about those things and work all the way through to the point of reconciliation. Um, yeah. You know, we either avoid the conflict completely or the conflict is just this like explosion of hatefulness yeah. um, or we just keep missing instead of really being able to hear each other. Um, yeah. So that's what I see most commonly. And is it, I mean, I would imagine you get a lot more people who are already feeling like at their wits end or like divorce is already on the table by the time they get to you than yeah. to to where like those issues feel more insurmountable than not like, yeah. well, like one, maybe one person's already halfway out the door because I think um, we've, well, and especially within the church, I think like we've kind of said mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't need outside help in your marriage. Right. Like you shouldn't right. need to seek out counseling. Like it should be, I don't know, your covenant should be enough and you should right. be able to just figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, read your Bible and pray, right? Yeah. Just read your Bible it'll and fix, pray. it'll mm-hmm. fix everything. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm just thinking like, do you find that, is there a point in relationships? Well, I think everybody could probably deal with counseling to some extent. I've never had yeah. any, but I probably need it. Yeah. Um, but I think we've, as a, especially a culture, there's a lot more people talking about it now than yeah. um, at least when we were young. Um, so I just wonder, like, are you seeing more younger couples coming sooner in like the trends of counseling um, as opposed to like what I would imagine most like, Gen X or elder millennial couples who are like mm-hmm. on the verge of divorce and using it as a last yeah. resort instead right. of like a tool, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So when I first started doing counseling, um, the only marriages that I would see were marriages that were just threadbare. Like there was yeah. almost nothing left. Um, or there was nothing left and they were just coming to say that they tried everything, but they, yeah. they were already had one foot out the door. But this is really positive. I feel like um, current generations of marriage are a lot more emotionally health savvy. And so their counseling is less stigmatized than it was Mm -hmm. 15 years ago when I started, Um, which is so great. Because if you come to me early in your struggle, we have much better likelihood of actually being able to work through things. But if you wait until you hate each other and you've done 1000 things to hurt each other, like <laughs> you're, yeah. you're handing me something mm-hmm. expecting me to fix it when it's did completely deteriorated, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really valuable to go early. And I mean, 
what you're saying, everyone needs to go. Yeah, everyone mm-hmm. does need to go. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, gosh, even if you're like, I'm going to commit to three sessions, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go for three sessions and I'm going to say, here's my life and what I like about it and what I don't like about it. What do you have to say to it, person who has been educated and trained to help me do this differently? Yeah. Um, and let them come alongside you in a way that no one else in the world is going to be able to come alongside you. Um, yeah. It's the only person in the world that the only thing you owe them is your money. <laughs> yeah. You mm. you don't owe them. You don't have to perform for them. You don't have to look pretty for them. You don't have to. You don't even have to be nice and well put together. You can be snotty and dirty and show up at the counseling office, and and they're going to help you. Um, yeah. It's and that doesn't work in any of other uh, social relationships. You know, you mm-hmm. can't you can't call your friend and pay them, and only you get to talk for the hour. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. So, yeah. being but but I'll tell you the thing, um, and this may be your case, Jen. You know, if you haven't ever been, it's probably because you don't know what you would say or like how oh, how do. they could help you. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. <laughs> I had a fairly uh, uh, traumatic like childhood that. I just never, I mean, it's, I've dealt with it. Like I'm talking. podcast is her, is her. No, it's fine. I've (laughs) talked to plenty. Have you dealt with it? I mean, yes. (laughs) Could I probably deal with it better? Sure. Yeah. Um, Like I'm, but I'm very aware of it. Like as opposed to like, it's not a uh, like repressed trauma that I is like, whatever. Anyway, this is not about me needing counseling. I can reach out to Brandy (laughs) separately. Um, But I think. Especially, I mean, for a long time, like it was a weakness to say like that you needed right. the help or you wanted to talk to someone, right. and especially like in the church with a lot of like that masculinity culture specifically mm-hmm. of yeah, like guys, guys men don't want help. Absolutely no. not. Like you're yeah. the man, you lead the house. Like there's no need. You don't need help. Yeah. You know, right. um, and so I think to see that starting to change is really interesting, yeah. and just people being aware that like wanting to um let someone else in and help you is not a sign of weakness it's actually uh a strength like or it it will become one hopefully (laughs) hopefully if you're open to it yeah well it's also absolutely is a sign of strength because it's a sign of humility and there Mm -hmm. there is great strength in humility just owning owning what you are good at and what you're not good at is Mm -hmm. so smart and wise And so when you lean into those parts that you're not good at and you say, I really do need help and support here, you are a thousand times more helpful and efficient to other people because you've gotten the help you need. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, even biblically, you look at Christ and Christ would go up to the mountain to pray. Mm -hmm. Like, like obviously, there's nobody on this planet who could help Christ with his... (laughs) issues right but he still had those moments of okay the weight of the world the weight of the emotions the weight of all these people and so he would go and uh spend time with himself i guess and (laughs) and and but have that internal counsel at the very least for him i I think internal and i think for guy uh, guys in general men Mm -hmm. um myself okay uh (laughs) speaking as a man (laughs) we are all men we tend to like guys tend to believe like uh so one of the things i i am uh like a personality trait of mine i'm hyper aware of a lot of things it's i'm just hyper aware of situations i've always been that way uh you know jesus people will call it discernment but i'm i'm hyper aware of Mm -hmm. just any situation i'm in i tend to be oh this person is that this person's that not not in a judgmental way i just know that or i'm like i'm feeling this yeah um and so for me my hyper awareness is like okay i know why i'm feeling this i know the reason for this i know especially with my wife i'm like i know the reason she's like well you should go to counseling i was like no i know the reason (laughs) and i know where i need to go to figure it out and she's like no you should go to counseling i'm like no i know it i just know (laughs) i'll figure it out Uh, you know and i think a lot of guys honesty Uh, honestly have that if I can general hyper awareness. Um, I mean, I have some like incredible male clients and they do really good work. And I think you're right. I think a lot of times men don't want to go to counseling because they exactly what you're saying. Like, I already know why I already know why I do these things. You know, they, they 
see counseling as a place where you go and find insight or get advice, mm-hmm. um, which ethically none of us should be giving advice. Um, yeah. We can sometimes help you figure out where something came from, you know, the, the insight that you're looking for. But I want to say that counseling is more than that. Um, yeah. Like sometimes we're, we're solving problems together, but sometimes the most powerful thing that I'm doing is being with someone. Yeah. And I wish, I wish people didn't have to pay me to do that, but we suck at it as a society. We suck yeah. at being with each other. And mm-hmm. even if, you come into counseling is just the only way that you can figure out how to to connect with someone in a way where they can just sit peacefully with you and not not try to solve your problem, not try to talk you into anything, not try to explain to you how you got here or whatever, but just to be with you while you are struggling through the pain and emotion yeah. of the mm-hmm. shit you're in, whatever that is. Yeah. It is powerful to have someone actually sit with you in those experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, one of the things that we've kind of put down as a, a question for you: um, easily, pastors act as a, a role of counselors, um, especially sometimes when they shouldn't be. Uh, but uh, probably more often than not, but um, I think it, it's an odd dilemma where I, we've gotten into a weird space where I feel like pastors have been expected to be counselors to mm-hmm. people, have been expected. Don't want me counseling you. <laughs> Which I, you're like one of the first who blatantly, I think, yeah. just said that. Oh, no, that's not me. Yeah. I was like, oh. Read okay. your Bible. That's my counsel. Read your Bible. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, read your Bible, dude. Read your Bible, call Brandy. It's yeah. A, yeah. Read your Bible, call Brandy. It's a bizarre oddity where they're expected to counsel, especially in marriage, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you see a lot of, uh, I think, hurt and failure from a lot of those situations, which, and some of them are very good at it. Uh, not to bash everybody, obviously, but um, a lot of people that are pastors did not necessarily go to school for counseling. Right. But it's an expectation uh, in a lot of roles. So as people, um, whether or not you have a pastor in that role that plays that role, are there separations where you should say, like, should we talk to our pastor about this? Should we talk to a counselor about this? Should we, you know, should we open up our marriage about these things to our pastor? Um, should it not be a thing? You know, is, do you have any insight on that kind of stuff? Because yeah. I think that's an active, people that go to church actively deal with those things, yeah. I think, often. Yeah. I, I mean, one thing that I'm really passionate about is letting pastors be humans. And I, I think that the church in general is really bad at that. We tend to we tend to see the pastor and we call him things like man of God. Um True. which kind of it's... implies that he's supposed to play the role of God and we expect him yeah. to do that. We want him to meet all of our needs. Um and yeah. that's really unfair to place that on any yeah. human being. I, I do have a high standard for pastors. I expect them to know what they're talking about. Um, I expect Mm -hmm. them to have some education and schooling regarding the Bible, regarding spirituality, um, and a a general knowledge of humanity because it's related. Um, But it is really unfair to expect pastors to also be able to have the same knowledge and training that an entirely separate profession has. Um, The training that I have is not, frankly, it's not about the Bible at all. I mean, we, we talked yeah. about God in my program. Um, we did look at the Bible sometimes, but what we were really learning um, was all of the science and evidence-based research surrounding emotions and relationships and um, the brain. You know, we have different areas of expertise. So, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's not a bad idea to talk to your pastor if you're struggling with, with anything. And hopefully your pastor is really good at referring you to the resources that actually can help you with that issue. Um, I love, I love for my pastor to say, let's look at the Bible together. What does your Bible say? Let me, let me show you what the context of that verse is or that book of the Bible is. And let me help you understand the character of God through these, through these stories. And, you know, I want that for my pastor, but if I ask my pastor about how to, you know, cook a steak, I hope that he says, you know what? I'm not great at cooking steak. Let me, I, I did read, watch a YouTube video. Speak for really your good. pastor. <laughs> Speak for your pastor, by the way. <laughs> I want my pastor to humbly own his own limitations. Yeah, I, yeah for sure. I yeah. want him to say, 
that's beyond my scope of competence, but here are some people you can talk to that can be helpful with yeah. you about that. Um, yeah. and, and I, uh-huh. not every pastor's like that. That's my concern is that there are a yeah. lot of pastors who not only are, are, it's not just put on them that they should be like God, they accept it and they take on, yeah. I should and can be able to manage every situation. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the person who hurt my wife and I the most was our pastor when we lived in Alabama because he did take on and he was an idiot. He he and I were good buddies at one point in our lives, but um, we're not buddies at all now, but the, (laughs) uh, but he did hurt us a lot because he took on that mantle of he knows more, which he didn't. And he knows best, which he didn't. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he basically, yeah, he, he was very critical of our uh, marriage. And I was yeah. like, ah, please don't. Yeah, you don't. I'm not granting you that uh, privilege or authority yeah. um, kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, and it hurt us uh, fairly, fairly deeply for a little while. Um, it, ironically, I am a licensed life coach. Okay, you're gonna have to tell me what you even mean by that because that's a not. I, was like an I don't know. Too. I don't know. It was an, it was an accident. Course. No, no, it was an accident. Okay. It was in seminary. Uh huh. I took a class that was it. It was titled in seminary, uh-huh. uh, like church leadership development or something dumb. Yeah. And uh, I took it, and I was like, "Oh, this is a life coaching." And they're like, "Well, you have to take these three courses to get light." So I, I was like, yeah. "I'm not sure if I want to do this, but." I was partnered with somebody who he and I got along and I was like, I might as well stick in. These are great yeah. conversations. Yeah. And then after I got through one class, I was like, I might as well keep going. <laughs> I already paid the money for one. I might yeah. as well do the other two. Yeah. And so I'm technically a life licensed life coach. <laughs> and by the way, I couldn't give a shit what anybody does with their life. <laughs> other than follow Jesus. So yeah. it's like, yeah. are you following Jesus? No. Okay. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't care well, about your dreams and hopes and whatever. Like, but that sounds like, I mean, I'm, I may be wrong, but I always think of life coach as much more um, like self-helpy, like this was kind not, of like, this was not, this was, was like more uh, spiritual than that. Yeah. This was like helping people. So like, instead of like emotional or psychological issues, it was helping people. The, the idea for this was helping people get past hurdles and humps mm-hmm. in their in their professional or even relational lives. Mm-hmm. And so pull, it's kind of like counseling, but I did not care. <laughs> I was like, that's I might as well, I might as well get the license. I already took, I already spent a thousand dollars on one class. So yeah. might as well keep going. Well, I think it is interesting with the pastoral thing because like what that your guy in Alabama. Yeah. Um, I think the same thing happens a lot with, especially, I mean, I've not ever gone to premarital counseling, but I think it happens a lot in the confines of the church when you have a pastor giving premarital counseling that is a lot of people don't have good experiences with it and it actually damages ours was like the best he was so freaking good i think that's so rare because i hear more people saying how damaging it is to them like whether it's around like our last episode around their sex lives or just their weight like they say that they're gonna help you like Let's talk about how you would handle conflict, but they, yeah. it's in this, I don't know. I mean, I think at the last time I said our premarital counseling pastor talked for one session about the clitoris. Yeah. I, mean, I think we say said that, that on the episode. Time, like the whole time. I was yeah. like, dude, all right. Well, I get it, man. I get it. You love it. And your wife loves it. I get it. You don't need to keep talking about it. Um, yeah. But that's I, rare though. Well, yeah, I, was, was I want best. to say to your audience, you know, I, it's not that I'm against anybody coaching things like absolutely we need to be coached in our life and mm-hmm. in in various like formal and informal ways. I, I'm not against coaching. In fact, I was a swim coach in my former life. Um, yeah. But the problem is that very little coaching is actually regulated, which means that yes. there's almost no standard for ethics um, there's no legal standard. It's it's so loosey goosey. Um, anybody can yeah. call themselves whatever, and I mean, yeah. I, I, it's fine that you are like you have the licensing from your organization. It probably yeah, doesn't match at all like the other twenty five hundred licensing organizations yeah. that operate yeah. in the United States. So if someone's looking, mine for, was an accident, by the way. Yeah, it was an accident. <laughs> did I say it was an accident. Yeah, yeah you it was did. An accident. You did. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people go for 
they go to their pastor and they go to life coaches for yeah. they have real counseling issues and need support in a counseling type of way, but they go there because it's the cheaper option. And yes, sure. it's, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like less investment usually like a little bit less investment yeah, it and is. it's yeah. less scary. And, and so I get it. It feels like this kind of stepping stone, but I, I'm, I feel concerned about it most of the time. Cause I'm like, yeah, you're, you're really are putting yourself at risk. Just, you know, putting yourself in the hands of whomever yeah. that has no accountability. Oh, um, yeah. regarding well, that's where you have those Mark Driscoll issues, like counseling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you've heard or dug into that stuff, but yeah. we've talked about it in several other episodes where it's just like a, it's pure opinion at that point. Right. And, and yeah. often terrible opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and right. like, yep. Yep. what are you talking about? And, uh, and, and it's accepted as truth then because it's your pastor. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, well, he's, he's a biblical man. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. so and that's like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Cause gone are the days of like, because anybody can be a pastor, right? You mm -hmm. know, we have so many church planting organizations, any, any Tom, Dick and Harry can, you don't need a, a, yeah, you can get ordained on for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am. Yeah. It doesn't. It literally <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean anything. Um, but in the context of marriage, it's funny. You know, my wife goes to counseling. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't. I probably should. But the, um, I have Craig. <laughs> so if you Craig ever listen good, to our, Craig is a. Our good, I would trust yeah. him. Yes. Um, but the, uh, but when she was first talking about going to counseling, like we sat and talked about okay what are the options and mm -hmm. what are the what what like what are you looking to get out of it yep. and, and you want a, bibli a biblical world for you you want the mm -hmm. you know somebody who's going to push you closer to Jesus rather than closer to you know self or whatever right. but the you know what so we there was that discussion in terms of that which is great that's um, a great way to kind of vet on the front end who am i actually yeah. going to go see yeah yeah um but in terms of uh, like marital things mm -hmm. uh, from your counseling experience, um, one of the things I think I, I was in preparation for this, I was looking at some, I don't know, videos or whatever. I'm a YouTube-aholic, so mm -hmm. uh, it's difficult. But uh, somebody was saying that the first two years of marriage are tend to be, uh, especially modern wise because i think there is definitely a different there's a different world view of commitment between 2023 i guess now and 1953 sure. 1953 is like you know you're married you're married commitment commitment today is like oh i'm commitment to a certain extent right but the first two years of marriage really they do tend to define the next however many years unless it gets addressed at some point within those what do you find for our young married listeners? Mm -hmm. What do you find the greatest issues? Because I think it's hard where I'm coming from. I think it's hard for people to go from, you know, peacock feathers trying to attract somebody and trying to be your best mm -hmm. to like, oh, now we live together and you see my worst. Mm -hmm. uh, you no longer just because, you know, if you work with somebody or around somebody, you only see the best of people. We right. both gained well, 30 pounds at this it, right? point. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like you, finally letting go. Yeah. You rarely see the worst of people yeah. that you work with unless there's like an emotional affair or something. You probably yeah. might see snippets of, of the worst. But um, but the peacock feathers, the giving off your best. Oh, we went from giving off the best to now it's like, oh, he peed on the floor or, mm -hmm. oh, she... I don't know, didn't do the dishes, whatever, you know? So like, <laughs> those are extreme. <laughs> those are the worst examples. I'm just using examples. Weird, weird analogy. Personal. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a little bit. But, <laughs> <laughs> right. So how, like, but I think those things happen in the first couple years of marriage, but they're, you're not really young couples are not trained to navigate those well. Yeah. And yeah. they, and they, it becomes a, a, a life of, all of a sudden done secrecy and holding back your right. like, like if my wife was mad for me, I don't know, peeing on the floor for 10 years and didn't say anything mm -hmm. because she didn't want me to react like, negatively. You're saying missing the toilet. Yes. Okay. Not just peeing on the floor. Like Sorry, oh, I'm just, I need the... clarification. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Missing the toilet sprinkles. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying though. Right. Mm -hmm. Brandy. Yes, like, I do. I have three. So there's three <laughs> in my house. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> but there's a secrecy. I think that is, 
developed because we are so ingrained in our dating lifestyle to be the best. Yeah. And when we are not the best, we don't want to address that. Yeah. So what, how do you think, do you think that's true? Like those first two years of marriage, if it's like, is that the best time to go to counseling? Oh, absolutely. Like, hey, Actually, before yeah. you're married is the best time to well, go yeah. to counseling. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for sure. I, I, I do think you kind of settle into some patterns pretty quickly. Um, and I really do like premarital counseling is so important. Um, I, it's so much easier to talk about the hardest things when you're not already tied to someone. Cause you're like, this is my chance to actually see if we can work through things honestly and openly. Um, rather than wait until I'm like, I've already signed my name on the dotted line and then I feel trapped or stuck about the biggest things. Mm -hmm. But for those who are already married, um, I a hundred percent agree that those first two mar- those first two years are a great time to go to counseling. Honestly, even if things aren't going poorly, go ahead and go. Like go at the six month point and and the one year point, and just tell the counselor, "We've only been married six months, and we want to have a great long term marriage. Can you help us navigate? You know, have we adjusted well to this married life thing?" Can you, can you make sure, can you, can you see anything that we can't see? Um, can you help us talk to each other a little bit more effectively? Can you help us love each other a little bit more effectively? Um, because that's what they're trained to do. And there's so much hope at that point. There's usually excitement and joy still, which are really powerful in keeping people together. And that won't last forever if you don't keep doing your work. So if you, if you're like, yeah, I mean, things are great, but he, it's just that, you know, kind of he pees on the floor every once in a while, you know, yeah. that's different than he effing has been peeing on the floor for 10 years, you know, like yeah. that conversation is uh-huh. really different. So yeah, yeah, go first two years. Absolutely go before it's yeah. a problem. It's kind of like, uh, like an oil change, right? Like if mm-hmm. you don't take, no, but like if you don't take care of it. Yeah your car's going to blow. Right. Right. So like if we were to treat counseling as like, especially in the confines of a marriage or a committed relationship, if you're not married, whatever, Mm -hmm. but to just like check in. And I think learn using a counselor to have like the tools Mm -hmm. to check in. But I mean, that's a a somewhat like whatever. It's just a, because then you're not, if you do that every six months, like even if you don't go monthly to somebody, but you just say like, Every six months, we have this appointment. We take care yeah. of our. We check in with each other. But I think I think we've been so trained to say like counseling is for when we're broken, right. not mm-hmm. when we're good. And I think that's the hardest part is saying when you're doing good, it's okay to also be counseled. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I think that's the other thing is like it's not a a, a very accepted mindset right. these days of saying like, well, why would I go to counseling? I'm doing healthy fine. people don't go need right. counseling. Yeah, well, healthy people don't go to the doctor. <laughs> yes, you should go to the doctor if you're healthy. Yeah. For a checkup. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, yeah shut up. It's, no, I hate the <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm going to the doctor unless I feel something weird. Yeah. 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 The yeah. other thing I think that plays a big role in this is that. Uh, especially in Christian culture, uh, well, no, anything like that fairy tale ending of like every Disney movie ends with the wedding, mm-hmm. with the wedding, yeah. Yeah. and like the this mar- marriage is like the end goal. It's beautiful. Ha- they lived happily ever after, right. and that's the what everybody puts out into the world. Especially, yeah. I think yeah. in the church culture, yeah. of like, oh, look at their. Look at their yeah. beautiful marriage. Like I, you know, I look up to them because, uh, like, the married couples in the church who really haven't been happy for fifteen yes. years. But yeah. it's a marriage of comfort. Yeah. But we don't know that because yeah. we don't share with each other. Like, not that you have to air your dirty laundry to everyone, right? But to have a community where you can be genuine with people mm-hmm. and just say, like, marriage is hard. Yes, yeah. it's not easy. Or yeah. you know, even to be and able that to say, being, I don't like my spouse today i still love him a lot and i I respect him and i i want to be married to him but i don't like him today i'm mad at him you know Um, if we could just be that honest yeah 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 Yeah, i was um uh thinking about the other day the what was that noise me i was gonna say while peeing on the floor go ahead oh (laughs) Oh, yeah you know when it's dark in the middle of the night you're just trying to get it in the general direction (laughs) uh 
anyhow. <laughs> Sorry, that's me. Uh, uh, the the idea, I do think yes. Uh, we we've perpetuated marriage as the climax, pun intended, and not the beginning. Yeah. Right. Like so, we we you know, marriage is really the beginning, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's the beginning of. Yeah, dating was great, and the engagement was great, and and then you get to the week of the wedding, and your mother in law drives you crazy, mm-hmm. and like there's a, and but then you get married, and then you're like crap. It's like taking home a child, yeah, from the hospital. Yeah, it's the beginning. You you usually yeah you you usually when you every other time in your life you leave the hospital with the direction of relax, hang out, get some rest, heal. Mm-hmm. When you take them a baby, it's like, good luck, suck it, yeah. like enjoy, right? Like, yeah, like don't like, drop it. Yeah, and you go and you take the baby home, and you're just like, ah, uh, what do we do now? Yeah. And the right when and, your body needs to heal, yeah, like especially yeah. as the mother. Yeah, yeah, and you haven't slept. You know, like uh, you know, our second son was, um, like a 36 hour birth. Oof. Uh, or whatever, whatever that's called, uh, labor. labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, by the end, it was like basically my wife, the baby came out. Benjamin is his name. Baby came out, and I looked at her, and she was like, "You can go home." I was like, "Thank God." <laughs> <laughs> but then I went home, and I had a two-year-old at home that I had to take care of. Yeah, and it was like crap. I actually don't get to rest. And so you have those, those, those. But we don't see marriage like that yeah. because there's this honeymoon period that it's like, oh, it's all great and it's wonderful. Yeah. But you get into the rhythms of life and you get around coworkers or you get around friends and people complain and people uh, complain about their spouses and, yeah. and all that stuff. And there, I think there's easily uh, avenue to creep in super negative thoughts societally. Mm-hmm negativity about marriage yeah. rather which causes you know i think that's the beginning stage of 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 marital breakups yeah. is the initial once the honeymoon period is over and you start to allow yourself to to succumb to the negatives yeah yeah i mean it's, it's homer positives. simpson right like that's the expectation yeah. that it's going to be mm-hmm. the simpsons or or like you said the disney the disney movies where <laughs> <laughs> everything is good after the wedding everything forever yeah, yeah i was actually thinking like yeah. pixar is way better at the marriage movies like like the incredibles is actually a great marriage movie like how hard their marriage yeah. is and how they figure yeah. out how to play their roles and work together like it's actually w- way more accurate than probably all the disney yeah. movies <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah the only like so. disney created thing that i feel like is as accurate or as at least a great picture as boy meets world oh, i haven't seen that in terms yeah, of like solid. they did a good job like the the parents are like but that they, was also they, years they, of a show yeah it was as opposed to like a 67 minute but movie. it's actually that's the only disney thing i like because the, the new disney stuff is like oh dad you're such a dummy mm-hmm. like like that's the new disney <laughs> yeah. but like that one is like the parents are respected but the parents are going through stuff and the, yeah i love that yeah. show it's so good <laughs> yeah man yeah. uh <laughs> So what would you say um, have you seen as the greatest dividers of marriages in your experience? Like what are the things that have caused people, uh, couples to at least like kind of the reasons or what have caused them to, to stray? Yeah. Not stray. You know what I'm like saying? Be like beyond like, repair? Yeah. Like to, to slowly move apart. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do see, I do see big fights about sex a lot. Um, and it's usually like for one partner, it's not happening enough. Um, you know, for wonder which partner that is, (laughs) you know, obviously most of the time it's men that they would say it's not happening enough, (laughs) but Uh I mean, I don't know if this is surprising, but I have had, I have had women who are complaining that it's not happening enough. Um, and, and I think that's like, to me, low sex in the marriage is not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. They're usually, usually missing each other on a lot of other levels. And then sex is just kind of reveals that it's not going well. Um, and, and I would say like with that, you know, the, the, the actual problem is that like 
missing each other, like not, again, like I said, like not really understanding what your partner needs from you or wants from you and or not being willing to listen and care about that. Like, um, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan. Like, I don't like to talk about sin a lot because I think we talk about it too much. Um, but I do think that laziness and selfishness are real things. And yeah, when, when those creep in and the marriage becomes, you know, all about me and I don't spend any energy Mm. or effort considering what does my spouse need or want from me, then that's the beginning of the end of the marriage. Um, when it just becomes incredibly one-sided and, for a lot, a lot of spouses will kind of stay in like an enmeshed codependent state for a long time. Um, so they won't necessarily divorce, but emotionally they're divorced. Um, Especially when kids are. Yes, that's right. They will keep doing some of the work together to not legally divorce, but emotionally they're divorced and that's when affairs happen. So affairs don't happen out of nowhere. They happen because there's already a break between the two of them. And they haven't been able to negotiate and reconnect. And so, you know, then they find other ways to get their needs met. And instead of working it out between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found uh, in affairs, is there a difference between how late women, Mm -hmm. I always say ladies, I get in trouble for it. How women and men Mm -hmm. uh, approach affairs or the approach to an affair. Is there a difference or do you think they're similar? That's a good question. I think about my specific experiences. Um, I mean, the thing is, nowadays, there's like way more common experiences with emotional affairs um, where you're kind of like you've emotionally disconnected from your spouse in some way and you start to secretly and privately connect on a deeper level with someone without your spouse's permission or knowledge. And, and so I see that happening w- with both men and women, actually. And yeah. you know, what's really interesting is I've seen, I've seen those emotional affairs turn into sexual affairs. Um, but I have also seen both men and women who are struggling with some other things and they just pop out and have sex with whomever and then pop back in. And they're actually not, they don't feel emotionally connected to that sexual partner. Um, that's still considered yeah. an affair, but sometimes it's frankly yeah. easier to recover from that um, than yeah. the longstanding relational affairs that happen. So I don't, you know, I really just thinking about my experience with affairs, I don't see some, I don't see real consistency with men doing it this way and women doing that way. Um, it, it really depends yeah. more on like, <laughs> frankly, your your emotional baggage that you probably brought into the marriage, um, your sexual experiences Mm. prior to the marriage, your attachment injuries, you know, like there's a lot more consistency with those types of things than there are with like, this is how Mm. men do it or this is how women do it. Yeah. Because that's the stigma, right? Like boys will be boys, like put their thing wherever they want it. And girls are like emotional and find the emotional, like that's the stigma. Right. But it's not actually the case. I, this is just, I want to throw this out as a recommendation. There's a book called Unwanted by Jay Stringer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I don't know if y'all have talked with anyone about that before, but it is a phenomenal yeah. mm-hmm. resource for anyone struggling with any type of sexual brokenness. So whether it's, yeah. you know, a, a pornography addiction or affairs or um, even just like yeah. erectile dysfunction, you know, anything that would be considered sexual dysfunction. It is a really great book. Very graceful. Um, and really well written. I highly you, recommend it. This is kind of a, I wonder sometimes like the, 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 um, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this question. Like the cost of going to counseling in a marriage that maybe is having like one of their big burdens is financial, for example, mm-hmm. or like money yeah. is the, is the issue or maybe only one partner is bringing in money yeah. and the one who's not is the one who wants to reach out for help. Yeah. Are there some resources that we could maybe link for people that, um, spending big money yeah. <laughs> on regular counseling, right. um, isn't an option at this moment that maybe would be that you would recommend. Yeah, to people. So, I mean, <laughs> I have several things to say about that. Number one, 
you should never expect a marital counselor to work for free. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it is such an emotionally taxing job um, that if I don't yeah. get paid for my work, I'll burn out real quick. So, you know, mm-hmm. understanding that you going in, it's, it's not just somebody's random, you know, Thursday afternoon that they have available and it's not mm-hmm. going to cost them anything. Like it's an expensive job to do. So it's, that's why it's as expensive as it is to pay for. Um, but I will say like one thing that I do in my practice is I, I have a, um, I have a variable fee and a lot of counselors do this, a variable fee with, um, you know, according to how much money you make, you know, it's, a, it's, it's variable for how much you cost or how much you pay. Um, and I, I do that so that I can see, um, people from all, um, financial groups, you know, I, I want to be able to see people who make less money. And that means I have to see some people who make a lot of money. Um, and, and that kind mm-hmm. of offsets the cost of that, those other sessions. Um, <clears throat> and it, you know, I have a cap so that I remain appropriate for the level that I work in. Um, the other way I've seen people pay, um, and is by getting assistance from their church. And I really wish that mm. churches would do a better job of having like a benevolence fund that there, you would have to really structure like a, how you were going to give those funds out. But, you know, if you were able to partner as a church with a reputable counselor so that you could, you understood what, um, you know, HIPAA and how that would work and how you're not like reporting back to the church, here's all this couple's business. But, um, you know, being able to say with a church, and we, I've done this before, I work with my church and I say, uh, this is the cost that it is. You know, I plan to see them six weeks or whatever, um, you know, we'll check in with you after that and let you know if I feel like more is necessary. That requires a lot of trust on the, on the church's part that I'm actually doing my job um, because I'm not going to mm-hmm. reveal everything happening with the couple. Um, and I also think that that's not a long-term solution. I don't think a couple should receive forever free counseling, but to have a temporary, let's get to a healthier yeah. place. Um, and then you mm-hmm. accept a little bit more of a financial burden that would be totally appropriate. Um, but that, that's something that you could, you could ask for from your church. I think that that's what I believe that's what the body of Christ should be doing. We help each other out when we get yeah. underwater and, um, yeah. you know, we figure out how to do that in a way that still protects your privacy and, um, but involves a professional. Mm-hmm is well i know the answer to this at least from my wife's perspective (laughs) but for our listeners perspective uh the kind of the percentage of like um counseling that is um covered by kind of a normal insurance yeah is the is it so that really varies from policy to policy um Mm -hmm. my experience is that most insurances do not pay for marital counseling Um, like Mm -hmm. just the way that they code it, the medical billing system, the medical system doesn't understand couples counseling. They don't understand how anything could require two people to get support. Um, but for me personally, if I'm seeing a couple and we, we want them to be able to have support for their marriage, what I do is identify with one of those, somebody in that couple likely has a personal experience that they want support with and supporting them in that personal experience also supports the marital experience. So it's, okay. it's one conversation with the insurance company where I'm basically saying, this is the, this is the code that I'm billing. This is the diagnosis that I'm, I'm treating so that you understand yeah. that I am treating and supporting and caring for. And I a hundred percent ethically believe this is appropriate because I am doing exactly what I'm saying I'm doing for the insurance company, but I am mm. also supporting the marriage. Um, yeah. and, and they both happen to benefit from that work that I'm doing with them. Now, if we ever got to a yeah. point where that individual that I'm building their insurance, that we're somehow doing them harm, I would need to stop the work because I, I couldn't ethically yeah. do both. But as long as we're supporting yeah. both of them, and we are definitely yeah. doing what we're telling the insurance company that we're doing, then we're then we're okay. We're not committing insurance fraud, yeah. or you know, so that that you can make it work yeah. that way. Sometimes, not every therapist feels that way. So, not you know, I, mm-hmm. I have some colleagues that just, frankly, they don't want to do marital work, and <laughs> like, no, I can't yeah. bill it, so I'm not doing it. And I'm like, well, I really want to yeah. support the system, and I really believe that people are healthier when their relationships are healthier. So. 
I'm just coming at it from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the church would serve instead of hire an associate worship pastor, they should just hire some counselors? Yeah. You know, (laughs) this is actually like, this is a problem. Um, I, I, what I see, because I I know of a church in our area who has a counseling center um, Mm -hmm. and it gets hairy um, Mm. because some of the things that you're processing and counseling, um, depending on the doctrine of the church, they may not agree with. Even if you're like, here is some evidence-based research that says this is appropriate and healthy. You know, the church might say, well, morally, we disagree with that. And so you, counselor, cannot provide resources that sets them up to do that because you're going against our creed or whatever. You know, may it be like masturbation or, you know, I I don't I'm I'm just trying to pick a controversial, you know, masturbation or or, for example, how about leaving, leaving a spouse that's abusive? You know, there are some churches that would not agree with that. Um yeah, and so it sure. gets it yeah. just gets hairy with some of the things like that. So I, yeah, I mean I don't know how you fix that other than to just like really yeah. clarify on the front end. These are the things that we, mm-hmm. this is our doctrine. Do you agree with it or not? And and does that work with your yeah. ethical board? You know. Yeah, especially because I be- I don't believe churches necessarily have to follow the HIPAA laws. Right, they don't. I believe, no, they yeah. don't. But the counselor yeah. sure does. And so if the church is expecting. Yeah all information or like, you know, yeah. or like access to those records. That's like really ugh, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Hairy. Like. yeah. 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 Hmm. You missed, well, I don't know when you came back, but she was talking about like a church having a like benevolence. We, a benevolence yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I think that is a much more safe mm-hmm. use of the church, like assisting people that need that yeah. counseling um, to say like, Oh, it's out of my scope of being able to help you as a pastor. However, we can provide you with six weeks with this counselor. uh, And then maybe you work out with them like where, and then after that we would match half for another, you know, something where they could like really be provided an opportunity um, to connect with that counselor and then either find someone that works better for them or at least be open to the idea of counseling in a way maybe they weren't before. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, before we, because we're probably close to an hour already, but I really, you, Brandy sent questions ahead yeah, of time. We have so many. We, <laughs> we could just call hour. Brandy every week, but um, specifically the the first like talking point that you sent over, I thought was really interesting um, about how the church has traditionally failed to support people who are outside of kind of that um, heterosexual lifelong marriage, yeah. and specifically, just say it, even though. Just say no, it. you don't like the word. I, won't I say don't it. like the word. I hate the uh, yeah. heteronormative. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, but I think like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just, we yeah. we did do an episode on divorce. Mm-hmm. But I think like you were mentioning, you know, maybe um, same sex relationships or uh, whatever that might homosexuality of any extent, yeah. singleness within the church, especially like long term, like if you're older, especially mm-hmm. I think, or you're just not. Maybe you're living in quote unquote sin, yeah. or you're divorced, or you're remarried. Um, I, we all know, like you immediately know mm-hmm. <laughs> the church's reaction to all those things if you are a part of that. But I think um, what's the what struck me about this question is like how people can find support in communities um, if they're in those yeah. boxes. Because a lot of times you walk into a church and there's like, well, they have like the 20s worship service, mm-hmm. which is really just like a meat market <laughs> to meet your spouse, right? Yeah. Like it's not about being... 20 and in the church it's about being single and ready to make. and wanting ready to, Christian to not well, we be all know there's more than make. a virgin anymore yeah. 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 right mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah, so you're Go asking ahead. like how do they Go find ahead. how do you find support if you don't fit that very narrow definition of normal in yeah. the church um that means heterosexual mm-hmm. and married for a long time forever yes. yeah yeah um yes. i I, there's two things, you know, one is on, one is on the person looking. I just want to encourage keep looking because there are churches that do a better job, um, of, uh, of including and allowing and supporting, um, 
those of you who don't fit that very narrow definition. Um, and keep looking and keep having conversations with people because I've found more and more, there's a lot of what I would call covert Christians out there, <laughs> like a lot of believers who love Jesus, maybe even love and read their Bible regularly, um, are trying to follow Jesus, want to honor God with their lives, but they are so fed up and sick of the organized church that they're out there, but they just aren't in the church service. So, you know, being able to have really honest, open conversations with people where you're kind of just like testing the waters a little bit to see, um, you know, what people believe or have you ever been to church or where are you at spiritually, you know, asking those type of, I would say, vulnerable questions just to feel out and look for your people um, that can love you really well and are willing to love you really well. Um, you know, just keep looking for believers, even in the secular, in the secular world, um, even though they're not connected to an organized church. And then number two, from inside the church, those of us who are allies to all of those people we're talking about, we need to do a better job of being loud about our alliance. Um, we need to make it very clear that we love them and we want them and we support them and we're looking for them to be included. And we want them in our in our midst because we need them in our midst. You know, it's it's not just this like, oh, poor you, I want to care for you because you're in the margin. It's also like you are vitally important. You have a perspective and an experience that I don't have. And so I need to hear from you and I want you in my community. Um We've we've got to do a lot better job of flying some really loud flags that say you're safe here, um, because they have good reason to be timid about connecting. With I us. think about that. This wasn't on that list, but like um, people married, but like without kids, whether by mm -hmm. choice or you know just like kind of the lot they were given. But yeah. that, especially like in women's ministry, especially mm -hmm. like to be a single woman in the church or a woman without children is almost mm -hmm. like it often feels like well we don't really know what to do with you yet so right right go over here <laughs> until right. you're ready so i think just telling like kind of eliminating those boundaries of like you have to fit inside of this box to be part of right certain ministries cater. or whatever yeah. that may yeah. be um and i think i mean we do a fairly good job of that but it's not the norm and i think mm -hmm. just being able to welcome people regard like being in a different point in your life yeah. doesn't affect your ability to um, be a part of a church community or any community for yeah. that matter. And I yeah. think we don't, we, a lot of people don't do that. So to change yeah. that language around what makes you worthy of being part of a community, it has nothing to do with like where your you status. are at present. Yeah. 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 That'd be a big church community, like culture shift though. Yeah, I think is, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other, other conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Podcast number five with Brandy is uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We already have what we have, uh, the, the sexuality, we have divorce and affairs. We have, uh -huh. you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Mm -hmm. We have a, we have a running list. It's okay. Yeah. Sweet. That's, our new, that's our new fifth Wednesday. Or whatever. <laughs> Counseling with Brandy. <laughs> yeah. You're the, you're, you are our Dr. Drew. I'll sign a HIPAA it's, waiver. It's, it's just going to start turning yeah. into our counseling sessions that we pay her for online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, These guys are really trying to get some free like, counseling wow. out of me. <laughs> We're going to get a bill eventually. Um, we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Well, uh, we're, we're kind of at that time, I guess. I don't want to overtake your uh, time for joining us, but uh, do you want to talk about anything you have going on? Anything you want to push right now? You obviously had the book that we had you on last time. Right. Um, yeah. I, so I always want to point my people to my website, which is it takes a breath.com. I mean, all my resources are there. So I have several books, you know, I have a parenting book, I have a sex book, I have a memoir um, that kind of tells my story and experience, um, as well as connection to all my socials, which is a fun place to find new data. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for reliable social sources, I, I, I promise not to promote things that aren't evidence-based or from my experience. Um, and and I, I love, like, I love just giving new resources. So I'm always like, oh, check this one out, check this one out, check this one out. Um, it's a really fun place. And I also blog regularly. So that's great. And i I do have a new, I have a, it's called Sex Ed for Parents. 
-hmm. It's an online course um, for parents who are just wanting to do a great job of helping their kids be ready for sex and to to be just feel good about who they are and prepared for that whole experience. Um, But I'm trying to equip parents rather than teach kids directly because I feel Mm -hmm. like parents, that's their role um, is to to help their kids with that. So trying to equip parents there with that. And you can find that course through my website as well. Um, And I'm almost, I'm really close to finishing another online course, which is a companion to my workbook. So it's the truth about holy sex. It's a, it's a workshop for people who love Jesus and want to love sex. And it really is, it's a little bit of purity culture recovery. It's a little bit of biblical scholarship. It's a little bit of science, um, and all the resources that come from that. So, um, that is another one. It's coming up soon. It'll probably pop you out. You should have called it more than missionary style. Oh, <laughs> more <good>. just <laughs> <laughs> write a <Absolutely>. chapter. With... <laughs> Definitely yeah. more than missionary style. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I think uh, another one we want to talk eventually about is is uh, kids and parenting too. Uh, yeah. That's kind of on our list, yeah. but. Um, thank you for joining us. This is awesome. Sure. We're gonna put yeah. all those links in the in the show notes as well, so you can find out about which, as we figured out, you got to go to the thing, and click on the more button with the little arrow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for those it, technologically it, 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 uh, inept people out there, uh, click click the thing you're listening to and figure out more. Um, anyway, uh, so thank you, Brandy, for joining us and giving yeah. us a little insight and. Uh, I uh, hope you had a great Valentine's Day tomorrow, technically. Valentine's. But, uh, Valentine's. Valentine's Day, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Thank you. Otherwise, uh, anything else? You feel good? Yeah, cool. Thank great. you. Good yeah. chatting with you. We'll talk to you sooner than later, hopefully. So. <laughs> okay, and I'll send you that affiliate link so you can put it in your Yes, app. yes. yes. Yeah, for we sure. will actually yeah, absolutely, absolutely have that. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Brandy. Thanks, Brandy. Good to talk mm-hmm. to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that was a great conversation. <laughs> I'm going to stop so having you. <laughs> we stop recording and then kick back in. It seems uh, so ingenuine. Um, I do really appreciate Brandy, and we love having her on. Yeah. And it was just good. Yeah. Good we all have to pee, and I have to leave. So we're kind of rushing. <laughs> we are not thing. rushing. We're going to We do have an affiliate link for Brandy's resources in the show notes. You'll um, likely have heard a commercial. You'll hear our, our first, first commercial. Ad. We're yeah. like graduating podcast oh way. Um, is this so, going to make us money, or is this yeah. just going to make if her money? No, buy it. If people buy it with our link, yes. I'm like going to buy it with our link. On a dollar or a dollar? I mean, a it's a good deal. I'm going to buy it with our link as well. <laughs> Get that disco. Well, why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. This book I'm never going to read. Uh, I'm going to read no, it. Uh, I like her stuff. She's good. Anyway, um, we will probably for sure have her on again as long as she will keep joining us yeah. because we love these conversations with her. But we um, talk about... Uh, Oh, this is the exit. Wow. <laughs> Are you okay? He's, yeah. he's really got to go before he's in trouble with I his wife. So we should hustle. <laughs> I got to pick up dog. But, uh, but go to our website, christianayofpodcast.com. If you need any information, um, you can buy us a drink on there. You can message us or you can email us at christianayofpodcast.com. No, christianayofpodcast.gmail.com. Um, yeah, until next time, question oh, your faith. Great. Your pastor, your church, your relationship, your sex. <laughs> don't question your relationship. Your, your relationship. Don't question your spouse. Or question your, your, don't question that. Question if you counsel, if go you, get counseling. If you are questioning it, go get go counseling. counseling. Even if you're yes. not, go get Preach. counseling. Like yes, that. true. Um, all right. Uh, that's it for today. Thank you so much. I'm Jesse. I'm Evan. That was out of order. I'm Jen. Whatever. <laughs> Christian Bye. Bye.